Welcome to the Retirement Clinic with your host, Jeff Kowal, from the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialists. And the clinic is open. Welcome. We are here with Jeff Kowal, president of the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist. Jeff, good morning. Good morning, Paul. How are you doing? I'm doing good. And we say hello to our Madison listeners. This show is on WIBA in Madison, WISN in Milwaukee. We welcome your calls and your questions. In fact, Jeff, we'll open up the lines right now for any, any retiring question uh, you know, your future, your nest egg. It's a big deal. That's your niche, Jeff, retirement. And um, we do take calls on this show. We are also offering up state fair tickets. Uh, one winner of that four pack of state fair tickets. All morning I've been doing this. Same for Jeff's show. And we'll announce the winner at the end of the program. You can start calling in now. The Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open 414 799 1130. How many locations are you guys up to now? Five locations. You mentioned state fair. Yeah. I, do, you, do you know? I know Andy in our office goes repeatedly. Just loves it. There's like like every that, day? Not every day, but every if she could, she would go every day. The, the, uh, the, the people that just love State Fair. It's gotten, in my opinion, better over the years. There's more to do. There's better music than there was 20 years ago. Um, and I love it too, Jeff. And I'm allergic yeah. to animals, so I stay away from the bars. Yeah, yeah. I can't go in there at all. I'm a mess. Like Let's go look the at the rabbits. At, you like all the hawkers at the... You know, we actually bought a flagpole and stuff from State Fair. So we've... We look at that junk. Buy a schmop. Walk <laughs> yeah. it with the, the knife set and all that stuff in the uh, expo building. I go for the uh, corn, the, the oh, beer, yeah. Oh, yeah. and a lot of music. You go to buy <laughs> schmops and stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it is coming up this week, believe it or not. Thursday, August 1st, it starts. So we're going to be giving those tickets away. Uh, again, again, one winner. So everybody that calls in, toss your name in a hat. We'll announce that winner at the end of the show. Start calling in now. Jeff, we take calls about... Social Security, taxes, 401k plans. How would you sum up the Coal Investment Group? Well, again, you mentioned we have five locations. If you're close to already in retirement with $750,000 in retirement assets, we are the group that specializes in retirement planning. From top to bottom, everybody in our office talks the same language. We all talk retirement planning. So you don't have to talk about withhold or have to teach somebody new about uh, withholding or if you if somebody comes online, you have a question about withholding or taxes or 72T or any of the terminology. Chances are the person you're talking to in our office knows it and understands it. There's not like some firms where they specialize in or they work with everybody and everything. Oh, you, you're retiring? Yeah, we do that too. We'll get the guy that does that retirement. That's not us. Um, so if you're serious about your retirement planning, we have five locations. Um, uh, Middleton in, in Madison office, uh, Port Washington, Phoenix, our new Racine office, and uh, uh, right on uh, Highway 20 and I-43, great location. And then our world headquarters in Waukesha, right by the Machine Shed Restaurant. You and- did say Phoenix that, as in Arizona. Yes. A lot of snowbirds move oh, yeah. down. If you're a client, you can you don't have to worry. You can still uh, work with your clients, obviously, in That's Phoenix. That's a lot of fun. Some good friends of ours, Bill and Jane, listen all the time. When they're in Wisconsin, when they're in Phoenix, they listen all the time, uh, Jane especially. But we've got a lot, especially in the, uh, in the wintertime, 
we're busy down there because there are a yeah. lot of my clients that are there and they want to get together. It's a lot of fun. So, Jeff, your website, thekowalway.com, has a lot of info on it, thekowalway.com. You're also familiar with Jeff and his staff as they do market updates daily. You'll get these business reports during the Mark Belling Show at WISN. You're also on WIBA. That's right. 3 o'clock, 5 o'clock news blocks on WISN in Milwaukee. Uh, 4.55, just before the 5 o'clock news block on Vicki McKenna's show, WIBA in Madison. Try to give you one minute as to what, uh, give you a synopsis in one minute of what's going on in the market. Is it corporate earnings, which it's uh, earnings season now? Is it a government report? Is it interest rates? What's driving the market up or down that particular day? How does it affect your investment in your retirement account that particular day? Then we wrap it up with the Dow, the S&P 500, tech-heavy NASDAQ, all in one minute, Kowal Investment Group, um, 3 o'clock news block um, and, and 5 o'clock news block. So 5 o'clock one's around 515, 520. Yeah. Um, and yeah it's, it's later than that. Yeah. Well, we go to 630 now on Belling's show, yeah. so everything's being extended uh, yeah. because more of Mark is a good thing. Yeah, and listen to our reports because more of a coal investment group is a good thing too. It is. It is. We've been doing that, Jeff, since ninety-seven. We've been doing the market reports since ninety-seven. Wow. So twenty-two years we've been doing the business reports, and we've been doing this show since two thousand one. Yeah, right around nine eleven is when we started this right. show. The week before, I think, right? Right, the Saturday before. So what we're going to do is start out with some. Jeff always keeps us updated on on changes in laws or retirement related news. He'll cite the source, whether it's USA Today or wherever it's from. In between, we take your calls, and here's what the the plan is for the rest of the hour. We've got the Boss Minute coming up. That's for business owners, savings, and security. Each week, Aaron Kowal will give us an update on that. Um, in the second half of the show, the sexy segment, wealth management and preservation. So basically two features that we get to every week. In between, we're here for your questions, your calls. Uh, part of Barron's top financial advisors, we should mention the last six years in a row now. Um, Aaron Kowal has made the Forbes list of top 500 next generation wealth advisors. Jeff, you, you are, you've got so many labels, it's hard to, to mention them all, but it means so much. The experience that you have with retirement planning, a chartered financial consultant an investment advisory rep, a chartered life underwriter. You're an accredited estate planner. That all means you know what you're talking about. Well, most importantly, our clients trust us, that we've always acted as fiduciaries. We've always put our clients' interests first. And that's how we built the business since 1987, so it's 32 years for that now, where we've always felt that we would, do, if our clients did well, we would do well. Uh, so it's always been our philosophy. We've always been of the opinion that for our clients, it's not about the money. It's about the blessings of life and being able to do things with the money. So that's how our practice has been built. You talk about, you know, we talk about $750,000 is our minimum uh, in retirement assets. Um, you know, a lot of people appreciate the fact that their kids, once they qualify, their kids don't have to have $750,000. We'll work with your kids. Uh, if you have $750,000 or more, you say, what about my kids? Well, we know that, that they need help too. So, But this, I thought, was a pretty interesting article in USA Today. Uh, personal finance section, Jana Heron wrote it. A million may not equal rich. A million dollars. Would having a million dollars make you feel rich? For most people, it's not enough. Only 13% of Americans with at least a million dollars of investable assets feel wealthy, according to a new survey from Ameriprise. That's a great 
Uh, if we just step back, what defines rich? How would you say, you know, what defines wealth? Everybody's got a different answer. That's right. That's right. Even if you have a million dollars, and this is not a million dollars of net worth, because when we talk about with our sexy segment, we're talking about houses, insurance uh, policies, insurance policies yeah. all that stuff. You mean in true assets, like true a, assets that invested. You can, that you can invest in aside from your home and other things. And they're saying only 13% of Americans uh, who have a million dollars or more feel wealthy. You know what? I agree with that. Yeah, same here. You know, when you hit a million in your 401k, do you feel like a wealthy man? Well, if I mean, you feel well off and comfortable. You've done a nice job. If you've accumulated a a million dollars in your retirement plan, you've done a really nice job. You've shown discipline. You stayed in the market during difficult times. So those are key uh, indicators that you've done pretty well, uh, mostly with the discipline. But you're right. If you have a million dollars in your retirement plan, Social Security maybe generates... $40,000 $40,000 a year to you. A million dollars at 4% will generate $40,000 a year. Is so that now enough? you have $80,000 a year of income for a million dollars of assets, presuming you want to preserve those assets. So it, you know, kind of put that in perspective, 80000 a year of income. Back, Jeff, in 1969. You know, everything's the 50th anniversary, right? Uh, Woodstock, the moon landing. Uh, so much happened in 1969. We're hearing all these stories, Manson murders. Back in 1969, 50 years ago, if you said, would million dollars define you as wealthy? I bet you, I oh. bet you that instead of 13%, it'd be 95. Oh, I'm sure a lot more. Yeah, you bet. So a million dollars today doesn't mean as That's much right. as it did then. And a lot of people don't realize when they do a cash flow analysis to determine how much money they need in retirement, they forget exactly what you're talking about, Paul. They forget the inflation factor that, 20 years from now, if you screw up and live a long time and you're still around 20 years from now, that you, it's not going to be worth the million dollars isn't going to be worth yeah. the $40,000 a year of income isn't going to be worth as much as it was when you took it out year one. Vast majority of millionaires who don't feel rich have between a million and $5 million of investable assets, including cash, checking, savings accounts, stocks, bonds, mutual funds. 5% have more than $5 million of assets. The fear of running out of money in retirement and the reliance on their own savings rather than Social Security and employer-funded pensions during their golden years make it harder for even well-positioned Americans to feel wealthy. They just don't think that Social Security is going to last or that their pension is going to run out of money. I hear that my little you know people around the building. Everybody's cynical about Social Security. Yeah. Well, you better do your planning because we're not going to have it when we retire. Well, there will it will be there in some form. And then, Carol, we got to have her back. She hasn't been around for a while. Uh, Carol, Carol Ritson, Ritson yes. Uh, and she says the same thing in some form or another. It's an, it's, 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 that we pay into it. So they're not. it's not the same as entitlements where you're not paying into them. Um, all millionaires, no matter how, felt, how they felt about their financial position, shared the same financial priorities, try to save for retirement, and protect their accumulated wealth. When we have our sexy segment later on, our wealth management and preservation. Really, the focus of our practice is once you've accumulated some wealth, how do you preserve it, grow it, take income from it, and pass it on to your heirs? And millionaires who feel upper class or less are half as likely to be self, are likely to be self-employed. In other words, put it another way, those who are self-employed are more likely to feel wealthy, maybe because they earned it. If I ask 10 people... Um what number would it take for you to feel wealthy? In other words, a million, two million, three million. I bet you all ten would have a different number. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. And all and for good reason. They, they may have different amounts of social security, different amounts of pension. They may have a pension, 
A lot of different reasons. Let's take a few phone calls. Okay, Jump to good. the phones, WISN and WIBA. This is The Retirement Clinic with your host, Jeff Kowal. I'm Paul Kronforst. And again, state fair tickets up for grabs. we got a four-pack for one of you. We'll announce the winner at the end of the program. Gar is first up. Calling from Greenfield. Good morning, Gar. Good morning. Uh, my question morning. is this. Um, wife and I are retired, mid-60s, no debt. Uh, basically, to this point, been living off my pension, uh, as well as some cash reserves, which accumulated through savings accounts over the years. Uh, considering, though, right now, um, I have not turned on Social Security for either of us. I also have set up an annuity a couple of years back. You have not so, turned down Social Security. Pardon? You have not. Tur- so you're taking Social Security. No, I, we have not. Have yet. not. Okay. Not turned it on yet. So just my pension and uh, cash reserves from some saving accounts. About reaching a point where this model could carry me for possibly another three to five years based on expenses that may come up. Um, or should I turn on right now the Social Security, maximize that payout for my wife and I, uh, turn on the annuity, which I set up at this point. But when I do that, it will catapult me into much higher tax brackets. I yeah. do have an IRA out there. So the question is, should I tap into the IRA now and start burning that while I'm in a lower cash bracket? or turn on Social Security and the annuity. I know every circumstance is Yep. Do you have any kids? Uh, we have four children, basically all in our one daughter at home, yet she'll be a senior in college, hopefully moving on after that. I would say that you know, if you want to, I would say a top priority might be to preserve those assets for the next generation, if that's one of your objectives. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that, I would probably start taking Social Security for at least one of you, maybe perhaps the one that has the lower amount. Okay. Start grabbing that right away, because that's a little less amount that you'll have to take uh, from your retirement savings and investments. Sure. Um, the annuity, um, so you already bought the annuity, so you have it. It's set up, correct. Uh, I would start the the meter running on that thing. I would start taking some some assets out of that. Sure. Um, yeah, it's going to put you in a higher tax bracket. You're not going to avoid it. The, the The problem is that you've done a nice job of, first of all, accumulating some wealth. You have a pension. So eventually you're going to get nailed with it. Yeah. Um, I like grabbing Social Security a little bit early. If you want to keep the higher amount for a later time, I think that's okay. And while you still have a, a lower tax bracket, look at converting some of your IRA to a Roth IRA. That would be a great thing for you to do now sure. because then when you turn on the other Social Security, it's not going to – uh, you're not going to get hit as badly with uh, with income. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. Great call. Thanks a lot. That was a good question, Gar. Thank you for the question. I'm going to put you on hold just so we get your info again. For those state fair tickets, you can call in and possibly win that four-pack. Jeff Kowal is here answering your questions, retirement questions. The Boss segment coming up next with Aaron Kowal. And more of your questions are welcome. The Accident Mortgage Talk and text line open right now, 414-799-1130. To get in touch with Jeff and his staff, real easy is website, thekowalway.com, K-O-W-A-L, thekowalway.com, or simply call 262-522-4040, 262-522-4040. And we'll be right back. Stick around. Welcome back to the Retirement Clinic on WISN. I'm Aaron Kowal with the Boss Minute, business owner's savings and security. It's about owning your retirement, not just your business. 
Many business owners overlook the value that life insurance can play in their business. It's not just a tool that can be used to pass money on to a spouse or children, but can be a powerful tool in attracting key employees or adding value to a business. Many people, business owners included, are not aware of the various uses that life insurance has, especially with how it can add value to one's business. There are various issues that can come up in the business, as I've discussed in these segments before. There's the issue of paying for estate taxes, adding value for key executive recruits, and maintaining value of the business in uncertain times. The issue of education and proper planning are the main issues that stand between business owners and addressing these issues. It takes a team of pros to look at the situation objectively and help plan not just for now, but what could come up in the course of business in the years to come. There are several ways that insurance can play a part in business planning. I know I sound like a broken record, but key man policies are a huge tool that can add value to the business. The obvious use is that if the executive has a net worth in excess of the estate tax exemption, the key man policy can be used to help pay estate taxes. Next, the policies themselves can also be used as a deferred compensation plan or a way to retain an executive for a certain number of years. Third is to use the policy for a supplemental employee retirement plan. The policy could be used as a traditional key man life insurance policy if the executive died while working for the company. However, the employee could get access to the built-up cash value of the policy after a defined number of years working with the company. Another more non-traditional solution is that the policy can be seen as an asset of the business even if it's not on the balance sheet and negotiating the sale of the business. If someone were to buy your company and were also to get the key man coverage, meaning the buyer would be made the beneficiary of the life insurance, then that could make the company even more valuable. Your business may, may be worth millions, but it's only worth full value in a non-distressed situation. This can help provide stability. There are many issues taken into consideration doing this. That's why it's important to work with someone who has a focus on working with business owners to set up these complex plans. That's Aaron Kowal, today's Boss Minute on WISN and WIBA. The Retirement Clinic, we welcome you back. We do that segment every week, Jeff, Business Owners, Savings, and Security. That's right. He was talking about deferred compensation. He was talking about some other things in the business. I wanted to talk about a little thing outside the business. This was another USA Today article, and I thought it was... Really good. Talks about entrepreneurs need a plan to pause work. You started a business because you had a dream. Oh, this is Steve Strauss, a columnist for USA Today. You started a business because you had a dream, be it make more money or launch the next big thing or create some jobs or whatever. But what you never dreamed of is that you would be a bad boss. Uh, not you, but you are. How do, you, how do I know that? Stats don't lie. Oh, sure, you're probably a good boss to your employees, but a bad boss to yourself. Here are, here we are heading into summer. This was a week ago that this article. So they said heading into summer on July 12th. Anyway, <laughs> people are going to the beach and abroad, but not you. According to the latest survey from On Deck, only about half of all small business owners are planning on taking a vacation this year. That's a shame. It is a shame. They're, they're so tied down. I, my parents owned a restaurant yep. for five years. You you're, you own a business, Jeff. Yep. You have to make time or you yep. will drive. You will go crazy. And you look, and I, fortunately, some, I heard this at a conference one time. He said, a hundred years from now, people won't care the size of your bank account or what car you drive. All they will care about is that you made a difference in the life of a child. And I just thought these kids are growing up so fast. If I, it, it sure there was a lot of pressure for the business, but I made sure I took time off for the kids. And it was amazing. And this is advice I guess I could give to other entrepreneurs. The more time off you take, the better your business will be. 
What if I play Especially devil's advocate? if you take the time off for the family. You've heard business owners, Jeff. You work with many of sure. them. Devil's advocate, sure. I'll say, but I need to be there. I enjoy it. I like it. It's what keeps me going. I don't need that break. What would you say? Well, I think that this article gets into it a little bit. You need to recharge your batteries. As good as you think you are, there may be other ideas out there. Or just getting away from it and relaxing may open up your mind to, to absorb something new, something different. Whereas if you do the same thing day after day, you have no opportunity, in my opinion. You're too close to the forest to see, see the trees. Yeah. Sometimes you come back from a vacation, you have a different perspective. It is recharging batteries. Yep, yep. Um, it's, the article goes on to say, and I thought this was really good because it's, I know he's uh, Steve Strauss writing this. He says, I know you have some reasons and some of which are legitimate. Finances are tight. We all know small, small businesses run on a lean ship. But come on, it shouldn't be so lean that you can't get away for a bit. I mean, even for a long weekend camping or something, that wouldn't cost that much. You could make the argument if it can't run without you. It's not properly set up. Well, that's we get into that a little bit. Uh, how will things get done? If you are unable to get away because your business can't run without you, that is already a sign that you need to shake things up. Yep. Missed opportunities. This is your ego talking. If an opportunity comes in the door while you're gone, there are plenty of ways to make sure it gets handled with or without you. And I think that that's an important item. Uh, recharge your batteries. Get your creative juices flowing. Definitely will make your significant others happy. Uh, and give you a, a well-deserved, much-needed break from routine. Getting things done ahead of time. Uh, delay projects so you can prepare yourself for this. Delay projects that can wait until after you get back. Speak with big or busy clients. Let them know you're going to be gone. When I was a one-man band, we would do that. We'd call our top clients or send out a letter in advance. I remember I had to. Uh, I went to Philmont with Aaron and Adam. It's a Boy Scout camp. I mean, you gave up phones. You had nothing with you, and nobody could reach me. Right, no cell phone for, service for ten them. days, and I just let people know they thought but it was great that I was doing it. You let them know in advance as a yep. courtesy. That's better uh, than Jeff the old email i'm sorry i'm out of the office that kind of thing you know if you don't tell them in advance yep. and you just do the email uh that could hack off some clients but i think entrepreneurs could get a lot of taking just pausing work get away for a little bit all the good things that aaron talks about then you'll be better in a better position to make decisions on all the things that aaron talks about in his business report that ties right into that boss segment that tied in well jeff good stuff and good advice for you business owners out there take jeff's advice take a vacation even if it's three or four days, an right. extended weekend, it makes a big difference, Jeff. For you and for your spouse or significant others or kids or whatever. Remember the beginning of the program? You said you're in Waukesha, Port Washington, Madison, your new Racine uh, location. You also said you're in Phoenix, Arizona. Well, the next caller is Bob from Arizona. Bob, welcome. Hi, Bob. How you doing? I'm doing great. Good, good morning. Yeah, good, good morning. morning. What's up? Uh, my My question is in regard to stretch IRAs and the new um, Secure law, Act. the secure law. Yep. Have you developed any strategies to uh, get around that or right, maximize right now, your... That's a great point. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. Um, it actually is one of the ways that the government is taking your money away. Uh, and Bob, it sounds like you're looking at my notes. Um because it says, beware the IRS is eyeing your inherited money. Uh, to the tax grab there, they're saying that, and you, you, I'll, I'll touch on it a little bit now, and then I'll uh, dwell on it a little bit more, go into more detail in our sexy segment, our uh, wealth management and preservation segment. What Bob is talking about is that with the new SECURE Act, um, 
you could pass a, an IRA to a spouse and they can use that for their life expectancy, no problem. As it stands today, if you pass the IRA on to a non-spouse beneficiary, they're going to have to deplete the account within 10 years. Um, so what can you do? I think some of the things that you could do, first of all, I wouldn't uh, uh, hesitate to do that anyway. Another thing is to, because uh, uh, it still is a good thing if you can stretch it out over 10 years instead of life expectancy. That's still good. We don't know what form it's going to be, if it's going to be based well, on. let me interrupt because I think the House version that was actually passed has five years. And the Senate was talking about 10 yeah, I think it's more likely to be the 10 years. And then there are a couple other things that we're going to talk about in our wealth management section. Either way, it's five years. Five years is pretty much what it is now where you have to drain accounts for five years, within five years. So that's how it stands right now. Um, uh, without a stretch, you have to have the account drained within five years. and Maybe that's where there's a little bit of confusion. But nonetheless, there are some planning things that you can do. Uh, if your objective is to get uh, assets to the next generation, um, in the most tax efficient way, um, you know, start converting Roth or IRAs to Roth IRAs now. Uh, go bump up to the tax limit right now. Uh, even if you can't uh, stretch it out over longer than five years, at least it'll be tax free to the next generation. So that's one thing that you can do. Start gifting now if one of your objectives, because one of the objectives with this is to get money to the next generation. Um, so you can start gifting it now if that's one of the things that you're trying to do. But you have to, it's still developing a little bit. Nothing is in final form. Senate has not voted on it, even though the House overwhelmingly uh, approved their version of it. I think. I think there were only 13 dissenters on that. Um, so mm -hmm. you, you're right, Bob. So I, there are some things that you could do, uh, especially it, it depends on what your motivation is. And if your motivation is to get assets to the next generation, there still is about $11.5 million uh, uh, state tax exemption. Uh, so you can still give a fair amount of money to the next generation. It doesn't have to be an IRA form. Right. All right. Thanks. Thanks for the call, Bob. Okay, thank you. Yeah, good question. This is something new, uh, obviously, Jeff, that he's talking about. What's it called again? Secure? Well, the Secure Act. Uh, it's uh, it was uh, uh, passed in uh, the House, but not the Senate yet. Um, and what they're trying to do is encourage people to uh, save more for retirement. It's setting every community up for retirement enhancement. Secure. Hmm. Uh, so we'll, we'll talk more about it. But you know, there are some really good we, things. In this. But the intent is good to save more. Is it the government's job to? But they but they have to offset it. And what their intent to offset it is, you know, to get the money out of those plans. Uh, if I remember correctly, only thirteen percent of those plans actually go beyond ten years anyway. So it's not a huge percentage of the population. Maybe it'll become popular now that you can't do it. <laughs> hey, is it a, I just is kind of coming out of left field, Jeff. In your experience, are millennials, who we talk about all the time in this radio station, are they starting to invest a little bit more for I, their yeah, retirement? Yeah, I think that the ones that we see are saving quite aggressively. Now that they have jobs. <laughs> and some of them good-paying jobs. Yes. Uh, from 2008 to 20, probably about 2012, that wasn't the case. They were living in their parents' basement. Right. The whole like joke that. was, and this was kind of back during uh, Obama's tenure, we joked a uh, Remember living in mom and dad's it wasn't basement? It was so funny, actually. <laughs> no, not, no job. Yeah, because a lot right? of the kids were 
you know, some of my clients had that same thing. But now they're late 20s, early 30s. Yep. And good jobs. If you want a job, there's a job out there. We're at full employment right now. Yep. And the ones that we see are saving fairly aggressively for retirement. I think they they got a little scared when they didn't have a job that they they knew. But they're not as irresponsible as you might think. That they uh, if they have a job, they're holding on to a job. They're saving fairly well, I think. Actually, my experience with the millennials I know in this building that I work with, friends and families, are that they're extremely – Bellinghouse says they're extremely pleasant and nice. They always say, excuse me, and they are a nice generation, but they're very competent. If I need help with computers or or tech questions, I always go to Hannah or somebody on the staff, and they just look at me like I'm an old foolish man. Here, give me that phone. I'll fix it for you. Well, we have that in our office, too. A lot of people appreciate that we have the next generation in place yeah, for technical issues, but also for just for planning issues. They're already getting um, experience working with the people who are retiring now and then work with the next generation as well. And clients, I think, really appreciate that, that if something happens to me, that they don't have to go somewhere else. We have the next generation in place. You got it. And you're right. A lot of these guys, are, a lot of these guys and women, Marie's in our office, too, and Annie and Heather and all these smarter than I am. There certainly was at that time. <laughs> right. so, Especially the technology stuff. I just asked my yeah. daughters and they look. They give me the look. Here, just let me fix your computer. I'll take care of it. This, this uh, ties into the millennial theme. Uh, it's uh, another USA Today article. Erin Lowry talks about resetting your head can lead to better outcomes. And she says, invest, don't save for retirement. Problem uh, she says, she's talking with a friend. She says, I don't invest. Do you have a 401k? Yes. And she says, well, then you're investing. The problem is that the language we use about preparing for retirement is misleading. Time and time again, you'll be told to save for retirement. But new employees in an office get a lecture from a well-intentioned older colleague or parent about the importance of saving for retirement. And all financial books talk about it. He says, okay, I get it. So you're putting money aside. But she gave an example in here that she talked with a colleague that had all their money in savings. So they were literally saving for retirement. So in the 401k plan, they're putting $500 into a month for 401k. If you do that over 40 years, you would have saved $240,000. If you just saved that, you'd have $240,000. <laughs> if you invested, you'd have 933000 Oh, my. What a difference. So she said, you, you, and I agree with that. You have to look at... I um, mean, a savings account is paying less than 1%. Yeah, so if you interest. put it in a fixed account in, the, um, in your IRA or in your 401k at work, you're nuts. Because, uh, you know, just uh, the, the um, dollar cost averaging, uh, those rules will, will dictate that you'll end up with more money taking it out than you do when you put it, has more, more money out than what you put in. So you have to get more aggressive with it. Um, but this, she asked, why do you procrastinate? Intimidation is a big reason people often procrastinate about contributing to their retirement plans and don't pick investments properly. I remember feeling overwhelmed the first time I signed up for 401k and met with a long list of investment options. Strange words I had never heard of, like mid-cap, large-cap, or Dodge and Cox floating in front of my eyes. What does that mean? Yep. Sometimes I, you know, I've seen people just do it for me. Pick out my allocations. Yes. You know, the the pie chart. The be diversified. But sometimes people don't have a clue, Jeff. Yes. You have the belief that the older we get, the more conservative we should get with our investments. No, not necessarily, especially in this kind of economy. 
um, with the tax cuts, the, the corporate tax cuts that are permanent, permanent individual tax cuts that are set to expire in 2025. Uh, there's all kinds of reasons to be investing more aggressively. And again, we talked about it earlier. That the problem is that people live longer. And if they live longer, you're going to have a longer period of time. That it's you, a good problem. Oh, yeah, yeah. But you need that, money. But you have, to, you have to have money set aside for yeah. that. And if you go very conservative, I'm not saying that you should roll the dice, put 100% in stocks. But you should have a fair amount in stocks as time goes on. Babies Even born today, older. about 100, something like that. There's different studies, but that's what they expect. Yeah, but even people in their 50s, 60s, and 70s should have a good percentage in stocks as well. Everybody's different. Everybody's risk tolerance is, is a little bit different. Is 90% too heavy? Uh, it depends how old you are. It depends what your risk tolerance is. Guess who's got 90% in stocks? Is, is that you? Yes. I think that's perfect for you. Uh, this has been a very still, good year for Paul. Sure. So, and you're Speaking in the third person. Yep. Paul's, Paul's, Paul's had a good year. Well, Jeff feels the same way about that. <laughs> you know that's a Seinfeld, right? Yeah, yeah. Jim, that, Jimmy likes basketball. Yeah. Jimmy's you, got new shoes. All right, Paul. Come back to the program. Okay. Back back to the program. Um, yeah, it's 90% in stocks, Jeff, and I've been I like that for a while. you're putting money in on a regular basis. You're still relatively young. You have a long time to put money in, and you'll recover from any downturn in the market. That's think, the key. And a downturn in the market, really, that's an opportunity for you to be buying in. So I think it yep. makes a lot of sense for you to be doing that. Yeah, good. For somebody older, maybe, perhaps not, just because they may not like the volatility as much. Uh, good, All good stuff, Jeff. we got to take a quick break. Guess what's coming up next? Your sexy segment? You bet. It's about wealth management and preservation. Each week, a different topic, a different focus. More is on Jeff's website, thekowalway.com. Check it out. They do daily market reports on WIBA Madison. This show is also on WIBA. And of course, during the Mark Belling Show, WISN, Twice every day, every afternoon. They're on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Call Jeff's office at 262-522-4040. And if you've got questions yet, your retirement questions, plenty of time, you're welcome to call us on the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We've got State Fair tickets up for grabs, and that number to call in is 414-799-1130. We'll be right back. All right, we're getting near the end of the program. we got to sneak in a sexy segment, of course. We're going to do that now. Then if you're on hold with a question for the retirement clinic, Jeff will get to you in just a minute or two. Wealth management preservation. That's why you call it the sexy segment. That's right. This show is for everybody. This particular segment is for those with a million dollars or more, just like what Bob from Arizona was talking about earlier. This is a Bill Bischoff article, uh, Money Watch. Beware the IRS is eyeing your inherited money. One little notice tax grab is already on the table. The answer waits, another waits in the wings. Uh, one of the perils of being well off is the constant risk that the federal government and or your friendly state and local tax collectors will figure out new and different ways to snatch more of your wealth. Especially wealth that has earned the old-fashioned way by inheriting it. A SECURE Act, that's what we mentioned earlier, uh, that's setting every community up for retirement enhancement. SECURE Act of 2019, the vote was 417 to 3 in the House. Uh, Senate, passage was, Senate passage is thought to be a mere formality uh, until Ted Cruz announced opposition because he doesn't get 529 plans in there. But with near unanimous support, you would think that SECURE Act is basically nothing but good news for anybody and everybody, Right. Uh, not so fast. Hmm. It's intended mainly to encourage 
businesses to offer retirement plans. That's a good part. Also, it can continue to make contributions. Right now, you can't make contributions if you're 70 and a half to an IRA. Well, this allows you to do it after age 70 and a half, so that's good. Also raises the age at which you take required minimum distributions, RMDs, from 70 and a half to 72. So that means you let your, your money grow for a couple more years tax-free or tax-deferred. That's all good. The unpublicized dark side, okay, this is how they pay for it. If it becomes law, the SECURE Act, and this is apparently, according to this article, it was, it was 10 years in the, uh, in the House plan, too. The SECURE Act would require that most non-spouse IRA and retirement plan beneficiaries, non-spouse, kids, mm-hmm. as an example, uh, they'd have to drain the inherited accounts within 10 years after the account owner's death. This is an anti-taxpayer change for beneficiaries who would like to keep inherited accounts for as long as possible. Under current law, RMD, Required Minimum Distribution Rules for Non-Spouse, allows you to drain the account substantially uh, 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 over your life expectancy. So if you had a, a million-dollar account, uh, you could take out about 2.3% of the balance or about $23,000 a year. This says that you're going to have to get the million dollars out within uh, that's somebody who's uh, 40 years old would have to take out about two point three twenty three thousand dollars a year. Um, um, that you'd have to take all the money, all the million dollars out within 10 years. Well, let's say twenty three thousand. That means on average you'd have to take a hundred or hundred ten thousand dollars out per year. Still not a bad deal. And same thing in the drain of Roth account. That's tax free income, uh, but you still have to take it out within 10 years. So that's how they're saying that they're going to. Um, uh, get their money to pay for the SECURE Act. Um, the change would only affect heirs who want to keep inherited accounts open for as long as possible to reap the available tax advantages. So who are we talking about? Rich hating, rich tax-hating beneficiaries. Those are the ones. <laughs> so, yeah, so, so look out for that. They're coming after your money. Um, yeah, but this has not passed yet, you said? It passed in the House overwhelmingly, okay. 413. It's going to go through the Senate? It's going to blow through the Senate. There's no question okay, about it. Okay, so it will. Even though Ted uh, Cruz wants to add something for 529 College Savings Plan withdrawals to cover homeschooling costs, which would be okay, but then he's just mudding the waters a little bit. Uh, today's sexy segment, and I said we had some questions. I do. We're going to have to pick up the pace a little bit, but Jeff from Lake Geneva wanted to chime in on the millennial discussion we touched on earlier. Jeff, good morning. Hi, Jeff. What's up? Good morning. How are you? Um, just a real quick question. As we know, about half half the population doesn't have any uh, savings at all. What is the percentage that millennials are saving? I mean, are we seeing it uh, along those same lines? Is it greater? Is it less? And who's going to take care of me when I retire? <laughs> well, for millennials, yeah, who's going to take care of you? There's got to be some people coming up to pay those Social Security taxes uh, to help pay us because it's a pay-as-you-go system. And is right. His first comment about half of Americans have little to no savings right. at all. Uh, most of them are saving 5 to 6% to start. And what they need to do is pick up the pays, add a percent every year. If they're saving 5%, go to 6% next year, 7%, 8%, till they're up to about 15%. I think that's a good number on an ongoing basis, 15 to 20%. Uh, but you know, millennials, most people aren't up to that. What you're saying, that half of the population in the U.S. doesn't have a lot of money saved. So not a lot of people are. I shouldn't say that. Less than half of the people. A lot of people are saving for retirement, but more than half are not. I'm not saving aggressively enough. 
right. All right. Thank you very Thanks much. Thanks for the call, Jeff. But the good news is that you see millennials at least starting to. Oh, even yeah. Even though they yes. got to pick up pace, but that's, it's good yes. they're starting. That's a good question, Jeff. They're aware of it, which I think is outstanding. And Jeff, if uh, I don't know if I hung up on him, you might have to call back and give Spencer your information. Let's squeeze in Charles from Sussex. We've only got about a minute or two. Charles, good morning. You're on with Jeff Kowal. Hi, Charles. Hey, How you doing? I'm calling it good. I'm calling about my uh, parents. Uh, they, they actually own two houses. They're in their low 80s. Uh, they, they bought a house so that they could be closer to us and be cared for there, uh, even though they're in good health, you know, into their, into their 90s. Once they sell this other house, uh, they'll probably have about uh, oh, 500000 um, uh, in savings, and they're not very risk, you know, uh, tolerant. Uh, and just wondering about your advice as to what, what maybe they should be thinking about in terms of investing that that last that's you know, that's a good question. Will you need that money for their care sometime in the future? It's possible, yeah. But uh, this uh, new house enables uh, me and my wife to be able to live with them or or give in home care should the time you know present itself. Okay, the the number you know bonds are are pretty good right now, and if if interest rates go down. The, the, the Federal Reserve is talking about dropping interest rates. Then the value of bonds could go up a little bit, too. Some of that's already programmed in there. I would still have probably at least 40% in stocks, even though they're in their 80s, because some of that money hopefully is going to come to you. And you want to make sure that it's not totally, you know, that's that's not put into a uh, a mattress. So I would yeah. still say that 40 to 50% of those assets could be in growth-oriented investments and maybe 50 to 60% in fixed um, yeah. short to, right short to intermediate term bonds. Yeah, right now they've got a ton of it in CDs, which uh, that shows you kind of how their mindset well, is. Well, then I think with that, that that's probably a pretty good allocation. I was going to say then you might want to pick up the pace a little bit more with this portion of it. But if they're risk averse, I would say that that, that, that type of allocation is most likely, I can put enough disclaimers in there, most likely to preserve the principal pretty well for them while still giving a little bit of growth. The CDs have gone up a little bit, but they're paying still very low, yeah, still right? Yeah, 2% probably. 2%, okay. Yeah. But uh, good call. So I hope that helped okay. a little bit, Charles. I wouldn't be shy about putting some money in stocks, but again, it's your parents' money and they have to be comfortable with it as well. Yeah, thanks, Charles. Don't go anywhere. We'll get your info on, on hold. We'll be right back with more of the Retirement Clinic. We'll announce the winner of those tickets we've been talking about, the four-pack. One of you is going to win those. And Jeff will give you information on how to reach out to the Kowal Investment Group after a quick break on News Talk 1130 WISN and WIBA Madison. Dave Ma- is this Dave Matthews' band? Yeah. Throughout the show, nice nice music. Good stuff. It's good. We've been to a show of his. He was uh, at Alpine Valley oh, recently. Yeah. And it puts on a great show. He also was uh, jogging downtown Delafield because he stayed uh, for the Alpine Valley show, Jeff, uh, at a bed and breakfast. And several people I know. A local celebrity. Yeah. Yes. They saw him and it's like, who hey, you Dave me. Yeah, yeah. So they take selfies and post it. That's cute. They got to stay somewhere when they're in town. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's a nice place. Um, uh, good show, too. But uh, Monday through Friday, we have a good show, too. Uh, five, 5 o'clock news blocks on uh, AM 1130 WISN uh, in the Mark Belling show. And at 4.55 in the afternoon on Vicki McKenna's show on WIBA in Madison. Uh, great offices in Phoenix. 
in Milwaukee, in, in, in Waukesha, rather, our world headquarters, Madison, uh, Port Washington, and the new one in Mount Pleasant at Racine. Uh, the Kowal Way, the Kowal, K-O-W-A-L, the Kowalway.com. If you have $750,000 in retirement assets, uh, are close to already in retirement and want some help. We are we act as fiduciaries. We always put your interests first. And top to bottom, we all talk the same language. We all talk retirement planning. So do give us a call, 262-522-4040. And go online at thekowalway.com. Uh, uh, also, if you're a do-it-yourselfer that's tired of doing it yourself, uh, give us a call, or if you um, want consolidate assets, it's a great time to do that as well. On Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, all over social media, we did not forget the winner of the tickets is Gar. We picked Gar's name. Congrats. We'll be in touch with you. Check out the Kowalway.com, the retirement clinic on WIBA Madison, WISM Milwaukee. Jeff, have a great weekend. You too, Paul. And we thank you for listening. Stay tuned. News is coming up next.